0: Hey everybody, welcome to um, Recover Alaska's First Taste. This is a monthly series, normalizing sober and sober curious lifestyles through candid conversations and taste testing uh, mocktails handcrafted by bartenders who can make more than just a cocktail. Uh, I'm your host, Justin Williams of Justin's Alaska Eats. Joining me today is uh, Delphine Atutu and Christina Love and Miss Maria. Denton from Liar Spirits. How are we doing today, everybody?
1: Doing great. Wonderful.
0: All right. I'm so happy to hear it. Before we get to our first drink, I wanted to um, acknowledge Indigenous Peoples Day, and that's what we're going to be discussing today. Uh, we want to dedicate this episode a um, First Taste to Alaska's First People. Um, and before we honor the rich histories and cultures, like to recognize those of us in Anchorage who live and work on the land. Of the Denina. Um, so, thank you everyone for being here. Thank you for the last few episodes that we've done, the last few months. Um, and Maria, before we get into our topic, do you want to introduce us to our drink?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Liars, Non Alcoholic Spirits, um, you know, we like to think that we're giving you sophisticated choices in your drinking that just because you've chosen not to drink alcohol doesn't mean that you can't have a great cocktail. So today I'm gonna make um, a pink gin fizz. And this is another kind of classic cocktail. Pink gin's been around for a little while. I'm using Lyre's Dry London Spirit, an ounce of it. Dry London Spirit is our gin, our gin mimic as it were. We Mm -hmm. build these things from the ground up. We take all the flavors that are in gin and we, all these essences and extracts, and we put them together, we build them very carefully to mimic gin. And then my other mimic I'm using today is uh, Italian orange. This is a Campari m- mimic. Campari is a bitter or- orange aperitivo from Italy. It's one of my favorites. Mm. And uh, I'm going to do another, um, just an ounce of that. And then I'm going to take some tonic, and I'm using plain tonic today. You can Experiment with flavored tonics too. They have like elderflower tonic and cucumber tonic. I think cucumber might be a little too green for this, but I'm gonna add three ounces of tonic. You know, just whatever your favorite is. And um, and then so this is just really light, really refreshing. You know, I know we're in October, but sometimes you want something just light and refreshing and easy to drink. And I'm not being fancy here. I'm just stirring it right in the same glass that I'm gonna I'm gonna serve it in. And I'm actually gonna add. Couple of little lemon slices in there. My my glass is a little bit narrow, so it kind of gotta put those in there. And then I'm gonna add ice and put in there. All right. And I'm just gonna kind of spin it with my spin it with my spoon a little bit. Get one in there like citrus is preventing it from go down. You can actually serve this in a wine goblet too. It works really well in a wine goblet. Mm. Uh, I'm just kind of spinning it around in there to kind of get the citrus elements kind of worked in. And you can see it just ends up being like a really pretty, pretty mm. drink. It almost looks like um, almost look like a lemonade or something like
0: that. Yeah, and, um, I was just thinking that. You, yeah.
1: yeah, when you taste it, I didn't get too much of a pink color on mine, but um, uh, I'm gonna be, was off on my, my measurements just a little bit but this is a liar's pink gin
0: all right let's try it mm. oh
1: yeah yeah Real classic it's like a fancy gin and tonic I guess is the best way to to think about it
0: oh man that's really good hold up <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is yeah that's really really refreshing
0: Here in Anchorage, Alaska, it is not sunny. It's not summery. It's horrendous. However, if it were, this would be the drink that I would want to drink outside on the lawn right now.
1: This brings the sunshine indoors. That's thanks. There you
0: go. It's coming from within, right here.
2: Whatever, whatever weather is happening, you can uh, give yourself just a moment to. To make it sunny inside, like you said.
1: That's right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's a very unique taste, too. Like it is, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm surprised that um, the flavors of these, you know, uh, mocktails and like, yeah, and the, and the different types of flavors that come up again, like from the first drink, to and mm-hmm. then wear on the taste buds and then the aftertaste.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it stays with you for a bit.
0: That aftertaste is so important, too. Oh, my goodness. Because that's what's gonna wanna keep you coming back, right? It's it's not the initial, which is nice. It's what how you feel after it's already in your system. And oh moly, I, I could drink this all day. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for a lot of people, you know, gin and tonic was their their favorite drink. And if you go someplace like Spain, there's a whole culture around mm-hmm. what they call gin gin tonic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it you, you know, if you order a gin and tonic, they'll ask you what gin you want. Um, And then they'll match the tonic to the gin. Well, at Liars, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing some, since it's such a popular cocktail, uh, we like to play around with the, the idea we can play around with it just as much as anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we use our dry London spirit um, by adding a little bit of the, the Italian orange to it. We're, we're adding just a little bit of that bitter orange character to it and a little bit of color. And then you can play around with the citrus that you add to it too. You can, um, I've added lemon and orange here because I want it to be sunshiny as the weather gets colder.
0: Definitely. Um,
1: but you know, lime is the classic complement to a gin and tonic. You can add, um, you know, uh, actually I'm going to add a little bit of fresh rosemary to it because I, mm. rosemary is one of those winter hardy kind of things. If you wanted to up the herbalness to it, um, I actually still have uh rosemary growing in a like a window pot in my apartment so um, nice yeah so nice big sprig of fresh rosemary like Mm -hmm. just makes the drink look more fancy more sophisticated right (laughs) but you can always just play around with it
0: yeah i definitely kept a sprig in mind while while uh while i was making it in the in the glass and i took it out because i didn't want it to like get up my nose while i was drinking it or something (laughs) you know
1: so (laughs) If but you use the if you use the rosemary to stir it, actually, mm. and if you you know if you want to keep it in and be fancy, you can, but if you use the rosemary to stir it yeah. and then like throw the ros- you know, take the rosemary out, you'll still get some of those nice herby notes.
0: Mm. Just smelling Perfect. the rosemary. Yeah, it's so good. Oh my goodness. Um, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm.
1: Nice. Well, cheers, everyone.
0: Cheers. Yes indeed. And while we're sipping our drinks, I want to kind of get into the topic at hand. We're talking about uh, Indigenous People's Days, and this is extremely important to us, Um, especially today, or especially this year. I should say the political climate when it comes to things like this is really hot and heavy. Um, I want to, um, I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts about it really quick, like um, we, we discuss uh, something like, like Columbus Day, right? Uh, I have a six-year-old daughter. I kind of find it similarly, like, like a little bit problematic um, in, in a variety of ways. And I'm kind of wondering what you guys think about that. Has the replacement of Columbus Day um, with Indigenous, Indigenous Peoples' Days, like caused you to rethink how we as Americans celebrate our history? Um, and before we do that, I'd actually like to go around and, um, introduce ourselves so we all know who we are.
2: Koyana yeah, Gonishj. Sure, sure. Uh, my name is Christina Love. My pronouns are she and her. I'm from Igig, who's raised in Chitna, Alaska, and um coming to you today on the beautiful Akintaku Kwan of the Tlingit Nation. I'm so grateful, Justin, that you started out with a land acknowledgement. It is uh it's a really powerful and important way to um to um, go up against the the erasure of indigenous people and to acknowledge, you know, a lot of the the work that I do here at the Alaska Network on Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault is about healing centered engagement. And so that is not only the acknowledgement of both the, the genocide, the colonization, and the right. of um, Alaska Native people, of American Indian people, of other marginalized populations, but um, you know, to say that we are more than the harm that's happened to us. And, you know, and, and to look at all of the beautiful ways that we have survived, you know, what was meant to kill us. You know, the, mm. the question asked about um, Columbus Day, I think is a really, really great question, but um, I'll go ahead and let uh, Delphine and um, Maria introduce themselves and we'll, I'll come back to the, that question. But yeah, thank you so much for the land acknowledgement and for that really great question.
3: I'm Delphine actually, um born and raised in West Africa, Cameroon. I moved here in Alaska in 2003. I've been living here since then, um, 18 years. My profession, I'm a nurse practitioner mental health nurse practitioner have a practice on mountain view community mental health and i am excited to
1: be talking about this topic today and hi i'm maria denton i am uh, with liars non spirits and your mixologist for the day and uh really happy to be included in this conversation um you know in my generation we uh, went from having history books that um that indigenous people were. Kind of like a, a a footnote in the history of this country. and And really, without indigenous people, we wouldn't have the United States of America. And I right. think the more we acknowledge that and the more we include uh, their narrative in our history, um, you know it's 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 so important. Uh, I'm really happy to see Columbus Day go, honestly, and and it replaced with Indigenous People's Day because. Just having that name there, at least gives people pause and makes them think about the impact of, uh, of, you know, we're most of us in the United States of America. We're immigrants to this land, yeah. And uh, and I think we need to acknowledge that and um, and elevate the history of the indigenous people that made our lives possible.
2: I'm so grateful that we are, you know having this conversation more and more and for um, and for history to learn really like who Columbus was. you know, I mean, there's there's the stories of what we learned, and then learning like the real history. There's some really incredible books out there. Um The Indigenous People's History is one of them that gives us the real history about what happened. There are a lot of really great organizations um, here in Alaska. Um, that are working really hard to make sure that the full story is told. You know, I think that there's a couple of things that like well, as a human being, one, um, there's nothing more important than who we think we are. Um, the other thing that is really, really important is um, the story about the communities and the land and the culture of where we all live. And so I know for myself, I grew up thinking that th- there's this narrative of this country that we live in and um, and who indigenous people were in that story, and then come to find out that that story was told by the people that caused a lot of harm. And, you know, Columbus was, um, was, was part of, um, you know, really one of the first um, sex trades. Um, in, international sex trades, and um, some of his crew have some of the first reports of sexual violence um, to this country, and so that's a really significant part, but understanding that violence is not a part of indigenous culture, and, and what we see today are the causes of that violence. What we see today are people who survived that violence, and people who are continuing to survive that violence, um, and, and not just the role of Columbus, but um, other colonizers um, to the, this country, and, um, and recognizing the devastation of colonization and genocide and, and how that has played an enormous part in who people think um, Alaska Native people are and the country that we live in.
0: Absolutely. I think that's extremely powerful just to acknowledge that this hasn't been talked about for very long. And these are the sorts of things that I have to be careful with. Like I, I said, my you know, my daughter is six years old and she's in public school, and I have to make sure that. that some truths are being told about the history that she's supposed to be learning about, you know what I mean? Um, Thinking about little things about, you know, like Maria was saying, we think about the history of this country, we think about the DNA of this country, and we think about how many times um, things have been rewritten so that the indigenous people are just like little footnotes. which I hate to say is kind of exact, is exactly what happened, Maria. Um, We have reduced the necessity of learning about the original people of this land um, to just like nothing. And we celebrated, I'm 31, so I was born in 89, and I celebrated Christopher Columbus for most of my life, right, before I actually learned the real history of it. And largely that is because I didn't do my own research, but, um, I find that heartbreaking and I find it sad even the term all American that has nothing to do with the indigenous people and I just think that that, that to me that that blows my mind you know Um, so I am so happy we're having this conversation I wish we could have it longer because I have dissertations and diatribe for years right Um, but it is so important that we continue to talk about this and discuss it um, Delphine did you have any thoughts
2: on it?
3: Well, I'm just going back to the part of educating the public because, uh, you know, as you said, you have a six-year-old that needs to know the truth. You have a six-year-old that needs to know the truth about the history. I know, knowing who you are and where you come from is very important of who you're gonna be. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's also a process of recovery. So I think the best, one of the best ways to uh, to handle this will be education. I remember when I was coming from Minnesota to Alaska, and um it's not just people are not informed about what uh, you know the culture, they are not even it just people I had all these things like, oh, you're going to Alaska, this is this is how it is. And and when I came here, um, I remember I love the place and the culture really reminds me of my own culture back Mm -hmm. home. That's how I end up staying here, the truth about it. Because the Alaska is just similarly um landscape, just the the way Alaska and my country is just like hills and mountains and the people, the culture. Some of the things that they celebrate in this Alaska in particular, we do the same similar things back home. So I was really attracted, but again, we need to educate ourselves, educate our children,
0: right,
3: to make that change, educate our children. We need to know where you come from and the truth about it. And that's what the process of recovery.
2: Mm-hmm. the truth about it i feel like this is if for my lifetime this is the greatest story as an alaska native person that i have ever heard
3: mm-hmm. and that is
2: learning about who we were prior to the violence and and who and how the ingenuity the creativity the brilliance um the resourcefulness the resiliency that i mean this government's um um goal was to kill every indigenous person and then when that didn't work then the second goal was assimilation to to mm-hmm. take it to save the, save the child and kill the Indian, to take children from families. And, and that still happens today. There are a lot of you know, examples of like we talked about systemic racism, what that looks like today and how that's transformed you know, over the centuries and how we call it by another name. But back you know to the story, the truth of who we are, that Alaska Native people, American Indian people are um, brilliant, are beautiful are successful, are creative um, I, and, and seeing them, you know, like we, we've talked about, you know, supporting black businesses, um, supporting BIPOC businesses and, and really learning um, about um, who we are and, and, and the different ways that we connect um, to our culture and the different ways that we connect to land and to source and, and all of the in, um, incredible artists and storytellers and um, people who are working hard to preserve our language and, um, and our culture.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's excellent. Um, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Um, understanding who all of us are, not just as individuals, but also who all of us are as Americans, as people, immigrants, like Maria said. And I believe that we are all that. Um is it's not just important, it's it's vital. It it it's crucial. It has to be done, right? Um so this is probably one of the best things that I think that we can talk about. And also with with what you said, Delphine, with education, I, I, I want to add to that, doing the research, right, and learning what we need to learn from people we can trust and from ourselves, I think another big thing is empathy. One thing that I see a lot is when we start saying, uh, you know, stop Asian hate, Black is beautiful. When we start celebrating Indigenous people, I see uh, a good 70% of the country, I see a lot of uh, um, um, white males approach the conversation saying, but what about me? Yeah. What about us? Right. And what I sense is that it's just not outright racism or stupidity. I see, okay, there, there are some questions that you have that need to be answered, right? But what I can also sense when we dig a little deeper, a lot of the time, it's just a total lack of empathy. This has nothing to do with you. <laughs> this is this is, this is about your neighbor. This is about the person that doesn't look like you, the person whose struggles are different from yours, right? So education and empathy, I think, have to be merged so that we can continue to support people that don't look like me, that don't always look like you, that don't look like them. And we're never going to take the time to learn about those people and learn how to observe their holidays and support them to the best and most genuine way that we can if we're not empathetic to their cause, to their abuse, to the systemic racism that may affect this marginalized portion of the country more than the other, you know? And so um, I just wanted to add that Delphine, thank you so much for saying that about education. It's so important, but we've it it also has to start from within too.
2: The principles of recovery. There are Mm -hmm. so many great things about the principles of recovery that you can use um, for anything in your life. Yep. and um honesty open-mindedness mm-hmm. and uh, willingness i think are some of the foundational things you know that we learn in recovery and that also teaches us right as an alaska native person that i was taught to be racist that mm-hmm. i was taught to be racist against alaska native people by alaska native people yeah and um and how much i come up so it isn't it isn't really about like how much you know whether or not you are racist but that we right. all carry racist tendencies absolutely that we all carry homophobic tendencies mm-hmm. you know and that we are you know part of the recovery process is this ongoing inventory that we're constantly learning where we begin and end, yeah. and where we come up against ourselves and these are the things that come up so if at any point in this conversation if you're listening and something came up for you that made you upset that made you uncomfortable like i would just be first compassionate with yourself and mm-hmm. um, and then look into that, you know, why, what, what is it that's coming up and, and why right. are you feeling that?
0: Right, that's very important for all of us here to do that as well, uh, because this is a very sensitive topic and we don't, we don't like talking about it, you know, either because we don't think it's going to make change or that it will make change and change makes us uncomfortable, right? That we have to change our mindset, we have to change the way we behave. And so um, asking those questions, uh, thinking about ourselves, and why we feel the way that we feel is extremely important. Um, I know we have to wrap this up. Uh, I just, man, that's such a good conversation. I just thank you guys so much. I thank you, Maria. Um, What do we think of this drink? Because for me, it's a 10 out of five, man. This is great. <laughs> I give it a
2: four. I give it a four. Solid, solid four. four. Yeah?
0: OK, I, I like this. I like this one more than last month's drink, man. I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it it it's it's I don't know. It's just delicious. Mm. It's well, it's so I'm, summery. It's delicious, Maria. Thank you so much.
1: Well, you know, again, we gotta we gotta try to bring gotta try to bring summer the thoughts of summer inside as the weather gets colder. So, yeah, um, I'm glad you all enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed being part of the conversation these past few months.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for being a part. Thank you, all of you, for being part of the conversation. For Maria, for bringing the drinks. Um, Thank you, Recover Alaska, for hosting First Taste. Uh, For everybody watching, if you like what you saw, like this video, share it with everybody you know. Get these conversations starting, exacerbate them, put them in loudspeakers, make sure everyone's hearing them. Um, You know, let's make uncomfortable conversations comfortable again. And don't forget to visit liars.com. That's L Y res.com com And uh, all of their social media pages for more drinks like this. I'm your host, Justin Williams, and uh, we'll see you next episode.